like to think of your website as like your digital storefront, especially, you know, if you're a freelancer, online business owner, it's really, really is your digital storefront. So if you think of it like that, if you have a messy store with like 10 different signs saying to do 10 different things, people are probably going to get confused and probably just leave because you have to be thinking about that with every point of your website that even though you spend all this time on it and you love it and you like go through every little page and every link, other people don't have that investment and instead we're all just busy. So when you click on a website and you're like, eh, what's this? You're probably just going to leave. <laughs> like you don't have that investment to be like, okay, hold on, I'm going to figure this out. Instead, you're just like, what am I looking at? Just get me out of here and then you just leave. Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy. On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry. If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Alexis. Hey, how are you? I am doing so well. I have something that is very exciting that is happening at this time. There is a cold front that has whooshed straight through Louisiana. And I am living my best life. I have been taking, so it's actually like this week it's is like really the first. Out. Well, yes, but so we're recording this early, so it's it's September, mid September right now. But this is yeah. the first week that Louisiana has had bearable temperatures, and so it's I finally started walking Rue again. She hasn't gotten walked in a really long time because it's been so hot, like heat stroke level hot right. for both me and her. But I'm just gonna tell you guys, I'm gonna run you guys through my little morning routine. And I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture that you're me. POV. You wake up. Good morning. You get some kisses on (laughs) the face from your dog. Mm -hmm. You turn off your sunrise alarm clock. You get ready. You put on some workout clothes. You put on your shoes. And you take your dog for a walk. It is colder outside than it is inside your apartment. Wow. That's big for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it won't last for long. It'll go back to being (laughs) really hot. But for now it is. And you come back. You know, you're listening to your little podcast on your walk. You come back. You write in your little five-minute journal. You make yourself a coffee and a little chocolate croissant for breakfast. You read a little bit of your new book that you've just started last night. Very good. Mm -hmm. And then you spend 30 minutes writing, sitting with just music only, no other thoughts, don't open your computer yet, writing down ideas for your business while you drink your coffee. That's my morning routine right now. Wow. Beautiful. My morning routine is that I don't have one and that it's very depressing and I I hate my life. (laughs) Um, No, that's just a a minuscule joke. Um, Also minuscule reality. But yeah, my, I want to have a, actually that is a lie Um, because I got, I had a for you page fail where I kept seeing this infinity hoop on my uh for you page literally every day multiple Mm -hmm. times a day and I was like this is a lie this is a scam this is stupid and and then then, so you obviously bought it and then so obviously I was like okay you got me and so I bought it and I today was my third day of like consistent 
consistently using it for like 30 minutes at a time and I am now hooked on it I love it are you literally so skinny now like did you lose no literally I was walking from the shower to the bedroom and Austin was working in the living room because that's his sleigh situation work from home setup and I was like Austin I'm literally so skinny like I, I'm so sorry if you actually hey I just am announcing that I'm here because I know you can't see me because I'm so skinny no literally like when I turn to the side like whoops she's gone where is she can't find her yeah and oh. like I am transformed after three days but no it's actually it, it's kind of it's like this like hula hoop type of situation where you have to like hook it to your body but it like it's like flush with your waist yeah and, and then like it has a like a little... weighted thing yeah and like it's kind of hard to get used to but once you get the hang of it it's really like fun and yeah. it actually like gets me up and I I don't know I I feel like part of the hard part of working out for me is like getting to the gym but also my mind is like at a constant race when I'm working out oh, my because mind. like I just like can't not be like yes. anxious when I'm working yeah. out for some mm-hmm. reason not even mm-hmm. like anxious of like oh are people looking at me honestly I don't no, really mine's like what I have to do after I leave no literally like yeah. mine is like am I in the right career like what the hell like shut up <laughs> like just work out what's wrong with you but with this like I have to like yes I can be like having thoughts but also like part of it is the thought of like keep this thing going Mm-hmm. Like, you have, your mind mm-hmm. has to be, like, okay, like, keep That's why I like boxing, because, like, boxing, I literally, it was, like, a, a skill. Like, I had to pay attention to, like, the right. combos and stuff, so I wasn't ever thinking. But also, that's funny that you mentioned that, because that's another thing that I've really been liking about having a morning routine. The minute that I open my laptop every morning, I was talking to my business consultant about this yesterday. The minute I open my laptop, my mind starts to race, like, majorly. Yes. Like, yes. I will start to be, like, frantic and think of every single task I have to do and, like, all the tabs that are open on my computer and, like, right. I have school and I have a client. I have this client and I have the next client and I have my own stuff. But in my morning routine, that's the reason I've been taking time to, like, work on my own business then and, like, get my ideas out. My mind is a lot slower. Like, I know. And now that I've, like, set that time. Because, like, before I would, like, wake up and be like, okay, why am I not working? Like, what am I doing right now? But now I know I have these tasks that, like, I'm going to do. As much as they're, like, are they work? No. But they're still tasks for me to do. Can y'all tell I've had a lot of coffee? I'm talking so freaking fast. (laughs) You, I was literally thinking while you're talking that you're. I'm literally like. Your your descriptive word is, like, hectic a lot of time. It's so bad. Like, I wish I was not as much like that. And I'm really working on it. I really am. Especially in my, like, personal life. Like, when I'm hanging out with people, I'm trying not to be, like... Constantly, like... Like, constantly yeah. like, thinking about a thousand other things. But right. that being said, the morning routine has really, really helped with that. It, it lets me know that, you know, that's my time to journal, which is, like, reflection, read, which yep. is just reading, you know, and it gives me that time to slow my mind down before everything gets really hectic in the day. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very hectic. And I think that's something that I've been like embarrassed of for a while. Um, oh, Rue got a toy by the way. So if you hear her playing, she just actually stole one out of the thing I put on the counter. Um, yes, but yeah, I think there's a lot of as with anything, there's benefits and drawbacks. Like even anxiety, I was talking to my business consultant about this as well. She was like, anxiety to some degree can really help you in your business. You just have to have it like managed. Right. You know, having you can't anxiety, let it like get on top of you. Yeah, having anxiety inherently is not a bad thing. Everybody has it, and sometimes it like pushes you to do things in a you know a better way. But it needs to not be like 
horrible, like, you know, anxiety, but, um, I feel like it's the same thing with like being hectic. Like it does, I, I do things really fast and I'm able to do things really fast, but it also sometimes is like, okay, girl. But the the amount of times that you have texted me and you're like, today's, I have so like, (laughs) I keep thinking of like when we, I think it was, I want to say it was the episode with Jess when we were talking about how like you pack your Mondays, the amount of Mondays that I have since then, since you're like, I'm going to schedule my weeks out better. The amount of Mondays, do you? I have more things to do now. Okay. Okay. Well, it's that's crazy. fair. But I you're still like, don't. I still also, work Fridays. But. but also, I will call you out right now. Continuing from how I've already been calling you out. That when you had like the website like update, you had a lot of things to do. And then you were like, I know I'm going to be working until like midnight tonight. And I'm like, yeah, because you're working on your website that could be pushed yes. later. Yes. So yes, yes. yeah, I, I still I still am, am bad about that. But I do I have been having hectic days. I think a lot of it's because I'm not time blocking like I'll schedule a photo shoot like every day of the week or like schedule right. and it's not really my fault. It's kind of just like how client things work. But then I'm like running around in circles right. and not being able to like sit down and like get things done. But if you guys have any advice on how not to be hectic, please, for the love of God, help me. I do have another update, actually, that yesterday I did something very proud. Um, I think it was the episode with Shine that we were talking about um, doing those, like, 10-minute tasks, I want to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, that and then also brain dumping. Yesterday, I actually had, I literally texted Katie about it, that I had such a productive morning because I did the, and I didn't intentionally do this. I just was like, oh, let me write some things down. I didn't even like label it in my mind like oh I'm brain dumping it just kind of happened and then I was like I'm gonna do those like annoying tasks and then I looked back on it and I was like I literally just took Shine's advice but that was such a good feeling there were so yeah. many things that like stupid little things like calls that I had to make and mm-hmm. like emails I needed to send and like the one thing I didn't do was go get my prescriptions I've been putting that off for so long because Me I too. need to call my stupid doctor but whatever not stupid. I'm the stupid one. But ugh, like just doing those things that had been I've been putting off helped my anxiety so much. And then it was I was mm-hmm. able to continue through my day in such a like relieved state. And yeah. it was so nice. So if you this is your sign, guys, if you have like something that you've been putting off, even if it's something like one thing that you need to do and you have a list of 10, just do that one thing. It's going to make you feel so much better. I love that. Okay, well, after all of that, we will go ahead and talk about today's guest and get into the episode. So today we had Isabella Fierstein on. She runs a Squarespace template shop for online service providers that is called Opal Templates. And her brand focuses on balancing strategic and cute websites with helping service providers getting Okay, let me just restart that. Her brand focuses on balancing strategic and cute websites that help service providers get booked out while taking the stress off of their business. So she focuses a lot on how to use your website to set boundaries, how to create, you know, a beautiful website that's also functional. Um, And she also is the host of a podcast called Freelance Gems. So she was super cool. And we kind of chatted just about the things that you might be forgetting in your website um, and the things that you might think aren't important that may be really important to focus focus on um so anybody who is a service provider product-based business literally anybody who has a website for any reason this episode is for you um and I guess with that we should just go ahead and get into it let's do it hi Isabel thank you so much for coming on the podcast today why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for anyone that is new to you and your content 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me, first of all. I'm Isabel. I'm a web designer and the founder of Opal Templates, which is a Squarespace template shop for freelancers slash online service providers, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, I really, I design for people like copywriters, social media managers, coaches, consultants, all those types of people because I also am one as a web designer, so it just kind of felt right to help out those people. I love that. Definitely. So obviously, I actually just redesigned my website a little bit, and I had the same kind of dilemma of there's a lot of options to choose from when you're either designing or redesigning your website, because you can obviously fully hire a web designer, you can buy a template, you can DIY it. So kind of what are the benefits and drawbacks of each option and kind of what would be the reasons that people would choose one of those over the other? Yeah, so I'll start with DIYing your website because that's definitely the most accessible option Um, and actually recommend it for people that are kind of like just dipping their toes into whatever they're doing and they're not fully sure they're going to stick with it because when I first started freelancing, I was like, I'm a copywriter, I'm a social media manager and I was like (laughs) switching up every couple of months and I wouldn't want to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on a website if I was going to be doing that, so that is definitely the best option if you're brand new or, you know, if you have web design skills and you want to use them because it's totally free and it's totally up to you how it looks. Um, but the big drawback there is that it can take forever because either you're a perfectionist like me and you're always thinking of little things that need to be tweaked before it launches or you're just not a web designer and you're working outside your zone of genius. So every little thing is going to take forever because you're learning a whole platform, you're learning design. And if you're in that case, it probably won't look exactly how you want it to. So that's the DIY option. The designer option, the biggest pro here is that if you do your research and you work with someone that you really like the style of, you are 99% likely to get super high quality custom work Mm -hmm. that you Mm. didn't have to lay a finger on. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's just an amazing option if you can afford it because you're working with someone whose work you love and you're just kind of letting them use their creative genius on it. Um, Where that can go wrong is if you're not necessarily working with someone whose style you love and you're trying to kind of push them into a box and then you get lots of long complicated timelines because you get extra revisions and Mm -hmm. meetings and all that crazy stuff that was also part of why I stopped doing custom web design because it can get a little hectic um but yeah those are the biggest drawbacks there it's just complicated timelines and also it's a lot of money so you need to make sure like your business should probably be pretty established for you to know that this isn't just going to be like throwing thousands of dollars right something that you're investing in and like you know you know what you're doing definitely so something that I um I my undergrad was in art education and so I had to do like a whole like teacher portfolio and part of that was a website and I didn't know much about like web design when I was doing that and really everything was kind of I was focusing so much on the aesthetics of it and so really something that I had to learn along the way is that it's more than just like a good website like a like a good design like the aesthetics of it so really the functionality of the site is what keeps your audience and especially when you're in a service-based business or a product-based business it's about getting them to stay on the website longer and getting them from click or stopping them from clicking off of the website so what are some of the most like important factors for the website when it comes to functionality yeah so 
that's really important. Thank you for bringing it up because even as a designer, I've gotten caught in the trap where I'm like, let me just make it super pretty and then right. totally not functional. Um, so very, very important. And I feel like honestly, one of the most important factors is just having one clear call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So that way you're directing people where you want them to go. It doesn't mean you can't have, you know, any other links on your website, but there should be something that's really the focus that you're mentioning the most. You have the most buttons to, it's just clearly telling people where you want them to go. And that could be your newsletter. That could be a page for your service. That could be a product, whatever it is, just keep it simple. Because otherwise, if you have like 10 buttons on there, people probably aren't going to go where you want them to go if they're going to stay on your site at all. So in addition to a clear call to action, which I think is definitely number one, um, having a kind of clear navigation is really important. And this is both in the number of pages on there and what they're titled. Um, Because, I mean, there's different schools of thought around this. Some people are like, get creative with your pages and name them like whatever captain crunch if it's like your about page right which can be fun you know i can see it but i think in terms of functionality it's always easiest to just keep things simple stick to the basics home contact about whatever yeah and not have too many you know i feel like four to five is a good range you can still have more pages linked in your footer um but just keep that space kind of simple because it's where all the navigation is happening which is super important to getting people where you want them to go Definitely. I think that a good example or really a bad example is the website Zara and like just the navigation of where like what what do they want people to be doing? Like I don't understand. Yeah, you like can't and search it's anything. So it's not shoppable. It's very bad. Yeah, it's just like horrible. And I think that that just goes to show like one thing um, right now I'm making like a portfolio website um, and Katie was just saying to this was like a couple weeks ago she's like as long as you can like someone that doesn't know what they're doing can come on and use your website like that is really like the functionality Mm -hmm. of it um so yeah I totally agree with that and literally the entire time you were saying that was just in my head imagining (laughs) shopping on Zara check out (laughs) at Zara and getting really frustrated and being like you know what screw this I'm going somewhere else yeah but yeah um okay something I want to talk about is kind of when you when you feel like you're done say somebody's designing their own website or even using a template you feel like you're done you're like oh it looks so good I'm done what are some of the frequently forgotten kind of elements that are important to consider consider slash like when you're designing a website what are those kind of like the last things you check that you're like oh could have forgotten this but like need Mm -hmm. to check it Mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of times people leave off their pricing and this Mm. is sometimes a conscious choice. Mm. So that's a whole other debate. Um, But I personally am just all the way in the boat of like put your pricing on there, even if it's super custom work and you just have a starting price. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I just wouldn't want to get on a call with someone who can't afford my services and they probably don't want to get on a call either and realize like, oh, I have $300 and you're charging $3,000. So I don't know if that's necessarily something people are forgetting, quote unquote, but Mm -hmm. I think they're forgetting it because it makes things a lot easier when you have it. Um, Right. And otherwise, little things like having enough testimonials and just making sure that everything is like triple, double checked in your copy and all that good stuff, too, because Mm -hmm. it's easy to have like a typo there. And that just doesn't create the most elevated brand feel if it's like full of typos in there. 
Yes. Definitely. That's a really good point. And I also feel like another thing that I forget all the time as somebody who's really not a web design professional, but DIYs it because it's the best <laughs> option for me at this time, yeah. is making sure that your buttons go to the right place. Because I'll like copy and paste my oh, buttons mm-hmm. a lot. Like just to – like I use Wix, which – if you're a professional, you're listening and you're like, girl, what are you doing? Um, but <laughs> Whatever works for you. But to make my buttons all look the same, you know, in the like when you're hovered, blah, 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 I'll copy and paste them. But then I end up with a bunch of buttons that all go, go to the, the wrong, wrong place. place. So mm-hmm, I feel right. like that's super important too. Um, and I also, something I would like to hear your take on as just kind of like the, not necessarily about design of a website, but about like the marketing side of a website is what is your thought on buttons that take you off of the website? Like, do you want to keep all of the buttons taking you inside of the website? Kind of what's the the industry mm-hmm. thought on that? I feel like ideally, yes, they all stay on the website. But also, they can be a really nice way to bridge different, like if you have multiple websites or mm-hmm. I know yep. for me, I've used like uh, Flowdesk for like freebie downloads. Yeah. And Squarespace is just not the most cohesive for that type of stuff so I have done that before where it's just literally linked to a separate freebie page Mm -hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you're not doing it in excess Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a really clear purpose behind it so it's not just because you're feeling kind of lazy and you're like oh I don't want to make a page about my podcast so I'll just link it to Spotify or whatever I feel like if you can it's always nicer to have a real page for it on your website Um, but you know situation based yeah that's a very good point. Right. And I think also, like, with the with the idea of the podcast, like, having – at some point, you do have to have a link because, you know, your website isn't Spotify. Yes. Or your website isn't Apple Podcasts. Like, you have to have it. Or even if it's – even if it is, like, incorporated into the website itself, like, that you're not going to platform your podcast on, like, some website that people don't know about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, li- I like that, that idea. It's not just, like – here's my podcast, like, here's the information, or, like, whatever, you need to have, like, explaining what it is, and that kind of drives them to, like, go to that Instagram page, or go to that Pinterest page, or whatever. I like that idea. I agree. Okay, so, let's talk on the other end. You have a poorly designed website, and I feel like there's obviously a lot of factors that go into something being poorly designed. Like, it can mean that it looks bad, it can mean that it doesn't work, it can mean a combination of those things, but what are some of the ways that a poorly designed website um, or a website that doesn't really make sense can impact your business. Yeah. So I like to think of your website as like your digital storefront, especially, you know, if you're a freelancer, online business owner, it's really, really is your digital storefront. So if you think of it like that, if you have a messy store with like 10 different signs saying to do 10 Mm -hmm. different things, Mm people are probably going to get confused and probably just leave because you have to be thinking about that with every point of your website that even though you spend all this time on it and you love it and you like go through every little page and every link, other people don't have that investment and instead we're all just busy. So when you click on a website and you're like, "Eh, what's this? You're probably just going to (laughs) leave. Like you don't have that investment to be like, okay, hold on. I'm going to figure this out. Instead, you're just like, what am I looking at? Just get me out of here and then you just leave. Um, So that's a huge impact. You don't want people just leaving. Um, And you can see if that's happening by looking at your bounce rate on your analytics. Um, And then the other thing is if you're just not excited to share your website. So if you Mm. don't like the design, you don't feel good about it, that's going to hold back your marketing. And I've been in that boat where I just didn't like my brand. I didn't like my website. 
So whenever I'd like create content or like think about even like doing PR things, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. It's like a hesitation you have. And that's a sign that you probably need a redesign or a whole rebrand. Definitely. I also think that along the lines of getting like bounce rate, I think I know from experience that you also like on the psychological side of it, of the consumer or the viewer, whatever, that it's not only like, oh, the the functionality, the navigation is confusing or whatever. And it's, you know, psychologically or like, oh, I don't know what to do. But also just if things look off, especially when I'm having to exchange money for something and put my credit card in, put, you know, just like the, this, I don't know, the trust that I'm putting yeah. in the business. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't look a certain way, I will immediately exit out because it's not just me like reading about the Zodiac, you know, it's not just me trying to get like information for something. If it looks kind of off in something that I'm just trying to like read for fun, learn something about it, um, whatever, I don't really care that much what the website looks like. For example, like a quiz that's like, what Harry Potter house are you? Mm -hmm. I don't really care if that website looks like trash, Mm -hmm. but when I'm going to be putting my debit card information in and expecting something in return, I'm expecting that website to be able to tell me or at least demonstrate to me that I can trust them. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I've The amount of times that I've Googled, like, is blank website reliable? You a know, scam. like, yeah, is yeah. it a scam? Like, right. they're giving people <laughs> yeah. your address. Like, they're giving you their yep. credit card number, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like, especially with product-based businesses, it needs to look not sketchy or, like, you're going to steal these people's identity or information. Um, and, and with yeah. service-based businesses, I feel like, you know, the people that you mentioned that you're serving, a lot of times that requires – you know, if you're hiring a social media manager, for example, you want them to have a certain level of design expertise. That's part of the job. So I feel like mm-hmm. if they have a website that looks like ass, you're going to be like, okay, are you good at your job? Like, why does this look like crap? Like, you know, yeah. and people would just be less likely to hire you. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's really important. Okay. Let's talk about pages on your website. When you're designing pages, what are the most important ones the ones that you're putting the most time into obviously all of them are important but which ones are the are the top yeah um let's see your home page is number mm-hmm. one um your services page slash sales page because i like to treat them as the same thing and then your client welcome page which is actually an internal page but i think it's still super important um but yeah those are the top three and i can explain why if you want me to or just leave it at that yeah go ahead okay So your homepage is really important because obviously it's the first page people land on. So they're learning what you do and who you do it for right away. So that's what that brand new like first section is for. That opening statement is super, super important because a lot of people won't scroll before they click off if it doesn't seem like a good fit for them. Um, So you're explaining right away, hi, this is what I do. This is who I do it for. And ideally also what makes you special right away. Um, and then it's up to you if you want to have a long or short homepage, but I kind of like to have a longer one that kind of guides people through more of what I do, what happy clients have said about my work. Um, if there's any freebies I want people to go to, a place to sign up to newsletters, it's kind of like a one-stop shop so people can be scrolling through and just learning more about what you do and getting more comfortable with it because there's a lot of decisions 
happening on that first page where they're kind of testing out like, okay, what do they really do? What Mm -hmm. do people really think about it? And where do they really want me to go? So you're addressing all that right away on the homepage. Yeah. And then, so you you mentioned um, at the beginning of that answer that your sales page or your services page is also kind of like a sales page. Um, And I think like, I love that mentality. I think that the, not the main purpose, but one of the largest purposes of a business website is to drive sales, to drive clients, whatever. So what is your kind of mentality and how can you use your services page as the sales page and driving those sales? Yeah. So how I got to really pushing for services pages to be sales pages was just my own like introvertedness and hating the pressure on discovery calls when someone doesn't know why you're the right person for the job, what's actually happening and what you're offering, what the price is. I hated the pressure of trying to like squeeze all that in in like a 20 minute call while also Mm -hmm. trying to kind of like convince someone it's the right fit. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So I just was doing some research on sales pages kind of separately from service pages and realizing that, oh my gosh, this would be perfect because you're letting people guide themselves through the buying process independently. Um, So that way when they do come to the call, if you even need to have a call, because this can sometimes replace a discovery call if it's a smaller, like more productized package. Mm -hmm. um, When you're on the call, it's no longer like them frantically trying to get all their questions answered. It's most likely just them having a few extra questions and wanting to see that you're a real person and that you guys connect. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's okay. And then it's like, wow, 90% of that pressure is taken off because on the sales page, you're answering things like, what's wrong with their situation right now because if they're there there's likely something that's challenging them um you explain the transformation that your service can offer or your product you're letting them self-identify this is the right fit for them so i literally have sections that say like this is perfect for you if da da da. Mm-hmm. this is not perfect mm-hmm. for you if so just be super straight up and you're letting people like self-select and be like okay so these are all the features this is the process this is the FAQ section, that's another great thing to have whenever questions roll into your email inbox or on calls, just pop them in there and you're like slowly dwindling down the questions you have to answer on the call. Um, And you're also just creating a lower pressure environment for the client too, because now on their own time, they can sift through everything. They can think about it. They might need to come back to the page a couple of times and just feel ready themselves and know it's the right fit without you needing to be on the call and be like this is great for you so it just takes out a lot of that pressure definitely I I think that from the perspective of someone you know hiring um, a service-based provider it is it can be kind of like intimidating to get on a call with someone and you have this even though you know of course service-based providers they know that not every call is going to lead to signing a client. I know that from my perspective, it has felt like I need to have this sense of, you know, there's a good chance that this is going to go somewhere Mm -hmm. to even get on a call. And then that can sometimes prevent me from even reaching out because I'm like, I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to get into something, even though I don't have to sign this contract. I don't want to get into that feeling and feel guilty if I don't. So I think that 
saying all of this information and almost like answering the questions before they're even needing to be asked is so smart and I think that it just works so well on both sides for both the provider and the client so I think that's so smart yeah and I feel like in the in the like girl boss era you know like the the girl boss era we all know boss babe it's it's still (laughs) there it's still there a little I feel like it was kind of like encouraged to like be vague like don't tell people your prices and don't you know give too much Mm -hmm. away like because if you get them on the phone then you can like hook them and I definitely have drank that Kool-Aid before but I feel like that's just like not true like because like literally because of what Alexis just said you are gonna get a lot of people who are not even gonna be able to cross the barrier of like getting on the phone with you because what if you get on the phone with somebody and you're like hey I want a website and they're like okay it's three thousand dollars you're like uh uh-oh like we talked about earlier, yeah. like, I don't have that much money. Now I'm just sitting here. You can't be like, okay, well, it's not, it was nice talking to you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You know, like, yeah, because that's rude. But then, you know, good and well, you cannot afford that. Um, and I feel like that, you know, not just pricing, but even like, what is like, what actually is your service? Because a lot of jargony words, I feel like people like to use those big words to sound smart, to sound like they know what they're doing. That's not what people want. They just want to know what you're doing. And they want to know how much they're gonna have to pay for it. And they want to know, like, what kind of people you're trying to serve, I feel like. Um, yeah, so I feel like and I've really had important. that, I've had that exact experience where I was gonna sign up for like this group coaching program, and I was really excited about it. Um, and they had all the information, you know, the, the, the super long sales page that we all know. And then there was no price. I asked them what their price was because I figured like that's fine, you know, you don't want to put it on the sales page, but hopefully they'll at least tell me personally. And they just wouldn't tell me. They were like, had all this kind of workarounds, dancing around, even it. emailing. Yeah, even emailing, and they're like. But if you want to hop on a call, we can tell you more about the program. And I just ended up ignoring them. And they kept bugging me for like weeks afterwards. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to waste my time and get on a call with you if this program is like $5,000 and I can't afford it. Yeah. And I feel like that also just like, it it says a lot about them. Yeah. And I feel like to me, this might be a hot take. This might be a hot take. People might not agree with this. I think that if you are secure in yourself and your business, then you're probably not afraid to share your prices. Like if you think you're priced correctly right. and you're priced at what you think your worth is and what you think like, you know, all of your experience, you know, whatever, you're not afraid to share your prices. But if you have these absurd prices and you're like a little insecure about them, maybe you don't want them to be publicly made available mm-hmm. to people and you want that higher barrier of entry. Um, and to me, that's kind of what that says. Right. I'm speaking – as somebody who doesn't have my prices on my website currently, but by the time you listen to this, I will have my prices on my website. Um, they're on there. It's just a little harder to find them because, and you want to know the reason. And I, what is something that I've learned as we're talking is I don't have any packages. So no, you know, it has to be a starting price because it's different for literally right. every single client. Every single client is paying something different for me. Um, yeah. But I feel like a starting price is a really good, and you know, that just gives somebody an idea of, okay, if you don't have around this much, to be spending on the service, then I'm not the girl for you. Um, but right. it doesn't mean that you have to tell them that, you know, if it starts at 800, it doesn't have to be 800. 800 is is the bottom of, if you want, you know, X amount of posts mm-hmm. right. with X amount of engagement with, you know, whatever your service is. But. Right. I also, I also think that a lot of the time we say, like, I don't want to put my prices on because I'm afraid that it's going to deter people that think that it's too much. But I also think that, like, sometimes let's say it's like a larger business or like a corporate business that's wanting to hire out a service-based provider of something that they don't have in-house they might have a budget that's already set 
in place and it's way more than three hundred dollars and they they're not gonna go to their boss and be like hey i hired respectfully not someone i'm not gonna say i hired someone that is three hundred dollars and we're just gonna say poo poo to the rest of the budget most likely they're not gonna do that Mm -hmm. maybe they'll find someone that's a little bit less but they're not gonna completely be like hey you guys gave me a ten thousand dollar budget i bought or hired someone that's $300. That is just stupid and doesn't happen. So Mm -hmm. I think having your prices also just, even if it's like a range of like, this is around what a typical contract could be. Obviously that's going to differ depending on the situation, Mm -hmm. but just so that people have an idea in their mind, I think that that's, it, it cuts out all of that like BS that I think is associated with the like boss babe era yeah. of like I don't want to deal with this like everyone is too busy everyone <laughs> has too much going on people are rightfully not willing to put up with BS anymore and so I think that like that is just cutting that out not that it's BS if you don't have your pricing on that's not what I'm <laughs> trying to say but that those people that were emailing you and yeah, being like BS. no get on a call <laughs> that's BS like what the hell actually makes me really mad for you <laughs> Yeah, definitely damaged, like, their brand reputation for me. And it sucks. Yeah, was, exactly. I thought they were so cool before, but now I'm kind of like, mm, I don't think I'm <laughs> going to sketchy. Yeah. follow you guys. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's kind of switch gears onto another page that you talked about, the client welcome page. So let's for anybody listening who's like, what is that? What does that mean? Um, can you kind of explain what a client welcome page is and kind of what should be included in there and the benefits of that? Yeah, so a client welcome page is basically – just the first page that you send someone after they officially sign on to their contract Mm -hmm. or whatever it is um and what it is is really just like an information packet but digital and on your website so you can Mm -hmm. change it whenever you want to and it's for the client it's a big thing to kind of remove that buyer's remorse especially if you have a higher ticket service that they just purchased a lot of times after you buy something like that, and I've done this with a course, afterwards I'm like, okay, I might have just made a huge mistake, but yeah. hopefully not. Yeah, and um, you like want something immediately. Like you want, because you're yes. not, it's a service, so you're not going to get like the iPhone in the mail. Like you want like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a, a deliverable. So it's something that they can have right away. Um, and ideally, you know, you started off with like a little video welcoming them and saying how excited you are, or at least, you know, a little blurb about that, because you want to kind of carry that enthusiasm because they're likely going to be in that state of buyer's remorse. So they're not going to be the ones that Mm. right away, unless, you know, you get lucky and it's super good fit. Most people are going to be a little bit like, okay, I hope this works out. So you're just setting the tone right away. You're like, I'm so excited. This is how everything's going to go. It's going to be super clear. So no one's confused. Um, Different things to put on there, like your office hours, Mm -hmm. your communication guidelines. Mm -hmm. So you could say like, I typically respond in 24 hours and you can even put some of your values behind that too to really cement it be like I really value my family time so Mm -hmm. these are my only hours and I log off like strictly afterwards Um, you can have expectations for the client like what kind of assets you need for them depending on how custom your project is Um, what kind of feedback expectations you want from them so you can even kind of tell them how you'd like to receive feedback Mm -hmm. Um, not, you know, like, only tell me nice things, but, like... <laughs> right. But, like, email. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Email. Bullet points are great. Compile all your team's notes into one, things like that. Um, you can also have a process overview, once again, depending on how custom it is, or you can just mm-hmm. link to the project management tool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
other things that are great are to have an actual tutorial on how to use that project management tool because a lot of times people complain like my clients don't use my tools but it's likely because they're confused mm-hmm. so they don't know how yeah so if you can create a little tutorial for that that's great you can have notes on payment policies deadlines um, a link to schedule a call if they have any questions just all that good stuff so it can be all in one place um, because nine out of ten times clients want to respect your boundaries they just don't know them or they forget about them right yeah I love that and that's something that they can like go back to which is really good I feel like like and I'm assuming it's like an unlisted page on your website that you have to have the link to get to yeah Mm -hmm. um which also if you guys are listening and you didn't know that you could do that I just figured out you can do that you can create a page on your website that's not you can't navigate via the menu but it still exists so you could that's how people make like link in bio pages for their website you just make it and you don't list it on your website and then you put it in the link in your bio, but it's still a page on your website, which is a very swag, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, but okay. Alexis, did you have something to say about this before I derail the entire conversation? Yes, <laughs> yes before we, because I know that I know where we're going next. And before we go on to that part, I, I love that you said a video because mm-hmm. I've never thought of that. And I think like for, I'm, a lot of this I'm thinking in terms of Katie's website, even though it's not my business literally at all. I'm like, you have to do that now. Um, I love the idea of a video for someone like Katie, who's like a social media manager, and it's her, she's the only person doing things. So if they're hiring her and like, you know, signing a contract, it's her that's doing this stuff and you want to immediately be able to like start that relationship Mm -hmm. with the client and -hmm. I think like having a video of like hey I'm like an actual person like yes you saw me on my website but like I'm here like I'm excited you know before you're able to like send that email have that zoom call whatever I know you probably have had a discovery call but by that time but I don't know I think that it's such a great idea but what is what do you suggest for that video to kind of say and incorporate honestly it can be super short just saying hi welcome i'm so excited you're here i can't wait to work with you and then you can explain briefly you know what they're going to read below and Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. it just super short yeah yeah i like that i really like that and it feels more personal even though obviously everybody's getting the link to the same web page um that's a way to kind of make them feel like it's a little bit more personal, um, but I really like that. Like I'll be doing that. Shit. Yes, I w- I'm stealing. <laughs> I'm stealing the idea. I'm doing it. Um, okay, so we've already <laughs> talked about this a little bit. But for our last question, let's just kind of talk a little bit more about how an intentionally designed website can kind of help you set boundaries with your clients. Yeah. So I feel like there's kind of two parts to this answer. There's the ways that it can help you implicitly set boundaries. So just by positioning yourself as an expert, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's helping you set boundaries around how clients need to treat you with respect. Mm -hmm. And also just by limiting the amount of red flag clients, back and forth emails and long drawn out discovery calls because your website should really be acting as kind of a filter for all that stuff. It's also helping you set boundaries on how involved you are in the sales process. So you can kind of step away and feel okay. Like, okay, my potential clients are still being held through this early part of the process and I don't need to come in until this point so you Mm -hmm. can kind of let go a little bit um and then explicitly with honestly the the welcome page is the big one for this you're just literally letting them know your specific work hours communication guidelines values project 
guidelines, all that good stuff. Because like I said before, most people want to respect those boundaries. Um, they just don't know about them or they forget about them. So I recommend, you know, keeping your little welcome page linked in like your project management tool, linked even in your email little thing at the end. What is that called? Signature. Uh, anything like that. And then they just know they're there all the time and they don't need to be like, what was her working hours again? It's just right there. Right. Definitely. Um, so that was supposed to be our last question, but I have one more. So if someone is thinking, okay, I either don't have a website, I hate my website, or I like my website, but I feel like it could be better. What do you think is the top, like, two or three things that they should go do right now? Oh, okay. Let me think. I honestly feel like the biggest thing I would like to see is them transforming their services page into a sales page just because of the load that that takes off I mean that is really going to be your hardest working page on your website if you are a creative freelancer anything like that um right yeah I just want to see that because I've seen way too many service pages where it's like three bullet points and then $5,000 $5,000 like that's that's <laughs> right. where listing your price can go wrong <laughs> yeah. because people are, right. they don't know the value behind that they're just like okay she's charging $5,000 for these for what three things that I might not even know what they are mm-hmm. so right yeah I'm just gonna keep it simple not even two or three things just focus on that service that. page and try and give as much information and kind of guide people through that journey and that will just make a world of difference makes the biggest impact that. yeah Definitely. All right, so let's get into today's random question. We are inching up on Halloween, best time of the year. That's actually a lie. Christmas is the best time of the year. But if you love Halloween, <laughs> then it's the best time of the year. Um, so today's random question is, yeah, Hall- Halloween is a good one. And I, we're at the time of the year where, it for me, my favorite holiday is always the one that's next. My favorite season is always the one that's next. <laughs> it's just like whatever is coming up is my favorite. But um, today's random question is, what is your favorite Halloween candy? So, Isabel, you can start. Okay. Gosh. I would have said Almond Joy last year, but I went crazy and I got like a <laughs> giant sack of them and it was just too no, you much. Hate them. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So, I want to say Twix. Twix mm, is really good. That's a good one. That's actually a good answer. I hadn't thought of that. Alexis, mm. what is your fave? Um, I really like the, ta- oh my God. the amount of <laughs> literally every week, every and week. And it's not even like, Alexa. it's just, I have to stop. It's every time when we do the random question, she's just part of the episode now mm-hmm. at this point, but sorry, A-L-E-X-I-S. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite? <laughs> um, I like Austin got me into these, the take five, Oh, like, uh, but, but not, it's the take five with the Reese's like Reese's take five. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh. It's like it looks it's like a little like log and it's just like a Reese's but then it has like take five stuff in it. That is very interesting. That's I've good. never literally heard of that before in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um okay. my favorite I think is a Tootsie Pop because hear me out. You can Ew. All right, listen. You can keep them all year and they're delicious all year long and you can keep them and you can have them as a little snack. Um okay. and they're just, like, easy to eat. Like, if you're at work and you're like, okay, I'm bored, I want a snack. Uh, like, a lollipop is going to keep you entertained for so long. And they're good. <laughs> I and guess. Roll they, hurt my, they hurt my tongue. Oh, okay, well, let's <laughs> yeah. just have a stronger tongue than you. Sorry. <laughs> <about>. um, <laughs> well, after everybody's flamed my uh, 
candy choice. Rude. Um, Isabel, why not? Or first of all, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. We super yes, appreciate thank it. You so much. And even though Rue decided that today was her day to be the fourth member of this podcast and interrupted everything we um we loved having you on so why don't you go ahead and plug yourself and tell everybody where they can find you where they can find your templates um social media all of that good stuff yeah so you can find my templates at opaltemplates.com just o-p-l-t-e-m-p-l-a-t-e-s i've never spelled that before but just in case no one know how to spell it um opaltemplates.com is where you can shop my templates and then instagram as far as social media that's really where i'm the most active i share little website strategy tips on there and i even do little mini website reviews so you might get your website Mm. reviewed by me if you're lucky um, but yeah, that's really the main two places where you can connect with me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya!